This is the Credit Union Leadership Podcast with Mike Neal, Executive Director and Founder of Service Star Consulting. Service Star has been helping credit unions grow for over 20 years in three growth areas leadership development, cultural development, and management development. If you're interested in learning how Service Star can help your credit union, check out servicestarconsulting.com. Today's producer is myself, Scott Albrecht, AVP of Sales and Training. Well, Mike, it's season two or season three, episode two, and we left off the last season talking about onboarding because, well, you were onboarding me, and uh, <laughs> good news is I made it. I made it. So you know, we uh, if you listen to the last episode, you know what we're talking about. Um, and today's exciting. Mike, we, we get to go into the DeLorean, get your orange vest on, Mike, because we're getting the flex capacitator and we're going to set the date to December 13th, 2013. Do you know what that date is, Mike? Uh, no, but it, I, I know I was still really old then. So <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That, that was the day that I was getting onboarded at my last job where I was going to be a branch manager uh, of a credit union. And so, you know, now as a new employee for a consulting firm, one of the leading consulting firms in the industry on coaching and managing, uh, there's three things that if I were to get into the DeLorean and go back into time and implement as a branch manager day one at the last credit union I worked at, I would totally grab the three things we're talking about today. So today is called Back to the Future Leadership. And we're going to go through uh, three different things I put into our mystery box. And we're going to go through two clues. You got two clues, Mike, to figure out what the three things are in this box. We'll go one thing at a time and then uh, have you talk a little bit about that item that I would take Back to the Future with me and implement day one as a branch manager back at Baxter Credit. And some of these things I tripped into, um, you know, learning the hard way. Uh, but man, it would have been great if I had a DeLorean and it was able to go back with the information that I know today. The good news for you guys listening to the podcast is you'll have the information today. So if you're starting a brand new branch manager role or any management uh, type role, uh, by listening to today's podcast, you're going to have some great value. And that's the whole point of the Credit Union Leadership Podcast. So oh. let's get started. So, so, the game- so what's the game again? Give me, the, well, give me the rules. Yeah, so the game is what's in the box. Right. And I put three things in this box that I would like to take back to the future with me. And so you get two clues. I'm going to give you one clue for each thing that's in the box. And I'm confident that you're going to get an A-plus on this one, Mr. Mike Neal. Well, let's just make sure everybody knows we have not practiced this. So this is not (laughs) a setup. So this is actually just me guessing now. And so this would depend on how good your clues are. That's going to be my story. Okay. I'm going to stink. I'll, I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> All right. So, and a lot of the things that are in this box are physical things, but they're, they're concepts. I'll give you that. That's an overall clue. Okay. Okay. So the, so the first concept that I would take back to the future with me, if I had it, if I had it today, um, is, is this clue number one, you mentioned this concept in the coaching for maximum performance book that you wrote uh, with the help of cues uh, a while back. Okay. So um, that's one of two. Do you need a second clue or can you get it on the first clue? Well, you get 10, 
10 bonus points if you get on the first one. Uh, I wrote about so many things in that book that are so important and relevant that if I guess one, odds are it's going to be wrong because there's so many. So give me another clue. All right. There are three levels to this thing, two internal and one institutional. Yahtzee. Uh, we're talking about effort equity. We're talking about effort equity there. So, yeah, so that's so that's something you would have liked to have known about back Hold then. On. Let's 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 test let's test it out. Oh, baby, Mr. Mike Neal, you got it right. You get a hundred points. You're yeah, you're that first clue, category. man. That first yeah. clue, <laughs> I was left hanging. But when you said there's three pieces of it, then I was all over it. So, so why why was that so important for you that you you would need to know about it? Because in in a sales culture uh, like the ones I've come up in, uh, there's sometimes uh, a way of instituting. Um, uh, a, 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 it's kind of like a culture of as long as they're getting their job done right and and, and performing for the credit union, we'll look past some other stuff. And you know. I'm not saying that's what the the effort, effort. I'm not saying every organization does that, but I myself was guilty of institutional effort equity. So that's why right. I would bring it back seven years ago and institute it day one instead of um, looking past some of the other things uh, that I should should have been coaching the behavior for. Um, yeah. Back yeah. And so year. just for those of you that, you know, we will read you in or reread you back in institutional effort equity is the idea that an employee can perform certain aspects of their job at such a high level that we disregard their behaviors. Um, so you have a great employee who treats their coworkers poorly. Well, that's just Jim, because this coworker has a deep, broad level of knowledge in whatever their field is, or, or they, the, the external members love them and clamor to work with them while they're treating other people poorly. It could be any other behavior that's not in alignment with your core values. And so what we'll have a tendency to do is find that to be frustrating and concerning, but never addressed. That where Scott's coming from is that in so many credit unions, what they do is they talk about sales, but if you're to work on time and you're in balance every day and uh, you don't make a lot of errors and, um, the, the members give you high service scores uh, and you've already got a lot of turnover going on in the credit union. Well, we become afraid to even address this with this employee because, you know, all in all, by the way, this is the definition of institutional effort. Equity. All in all, Mike's a really good employee. He just does it. You fill in the blank. And the only time we use that is in areas that we don't want to coach. Right. We never say all in all, Mike's a great employee. He just done in balance or all in all, Mike's a great employee. He just curses at the members. <laughs> right. We wouldn't do that. But it's, we so we pick and choose and then we make room for other employees to go, well, I don't do that very well, but at least I'm not as bad as Mike and Mike gets away with it. So it's back to the idea of whatever you're willing to accept becomes your reality. So just kind of read you guys in. So. You know, Scott, you were saying that you were guilty of that. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? 
Yeah. So my effort uh, equity was more on the behavioral side. I, I As long as the outcomes were there, I wouldn't necessarily look at behaviors as much. And as I kind of progressed through my management, I realized that the bad behaviors became worse and uh, because nobody was addressing uh, the behavior itself. Yeah. And so then what happens is you get a, you get a place that produces numbers, but doesn't have a good culture. Then you begin to turn over people because sometimes people that we want to attract have this high moral view of the workplace and it needs to be protected and it needs to be honored. And when you allow someone to treat me poorly or somebody else to, you know, stroll in whenever they feel like it because they're exceptional at this, then what happens is I begin to say, you know, Scott doesn't, Scott doesn't love this place like I love this place. Scott doesn't. Uh, respect it the way I respect it. And so they begin, they go find other managers or go find other places to work. And then we'll lose some of our people. And of course, they're never going to say that, right? Scott, they're never going to say, yes, I'm resigning because you don't care as much about this place as I do. What they'll do is they'll say, oh, I just found another job. Because the cool thing about people that have high standards, they always have jobs that people offer them. So they're always going to be able to say, I just had another job offered to me. I feel like I need to take it. So it makes us feel better. Right. So you are you are winning the game. And for those of you that are listening to the Audible podcast, there's actually a box behind me and I'm picking things out of the box. So what's in the box? It's a super attractive box, too. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I had to borrow this one. So it's going back after the podcast today. But all right. So here's the second thing in the box. I've got two clues for you. You did great on that one. All right. So clue number one, it is a is a concept that is in a book by Ken Blanchard then it's going to be catch people doing things right. Oh, now I, I thought maybe you would go with the second clue because you do mention two and maybe possibly a third book from Ken, but you are correct, my man. Oh, I Oh, that's great. I thought I blew it. I really thought I blew Boom. it. Well done is, is, is in this box. And uh, the, the, the biggest thing about, uh, by the way, the second clue was Shamu. I knew you would have gotten it then. Uh, <laughs> I would have gotten it on that. Or yeah. I would have thought that was a personal aspersion you were casting <laughs> on me. It would have really made me mad. Uh, plus, Shamu's passed away too. So, you know, I would have felt really mad about that. That's right. It, this is it, for the radio viewers. They they think you're six two and you know two oh five and you know all muscle. So they don't they don't know. But well done. No, most of them have met me and they know that that's <laughs> absolutely not true. <laughs> so the powerful uh, the power the power of positive relationships. It seems like a, a no brainer. Uh, but I read this book on New Year's Eve. The next day, I started implementing these tactics with my own family, and it was a game changer. Absolute mm-hmm. game changer. So reinforcing the positive is something that we probably think that we're doing. But in honesty, we, we're in institutions in the financial world that is re- they're really good at catching people doing things wrong. Or uh, when things are done right, there's really no recognition for those things. Um, it's just kind of your job. So, you know, there's no attaboy, there's no recognition. And so the problem with that is the people that are really outperforming others, and by the way, your, your top performers do 40 times more work and they're still going to do great work. If you're not catching them doing it right, they're just going to do it for somebody else because they want to know that you see the, 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 the work and the effort that they're putting in. Uh, and, uh, and even in parenting, if you have a negative and neutral response to your child, 
the consequence for them doing good behavior, having like a respectful, quiet playtime with their friends. Um, if you don't ever catch them doing it right is if I am respectful and I'm quiet, I'm playing in the corner. My dad will ignore me. That's the consequence. That's a neutral consequence. So that concept of catching people doing things right, uh, which reinforces positive behavior, which if you change the behavior, you change the outcome. It's huge. As a manager, if I had that seven years ago, game changer. It would yeah. it would it would have been so much easier to do my job uh, than the negative mutual reinforcement. Can you speak yeah. a little bit about that? Uh, maybe make, bring some clarity. Uh, read people in on on what you have there for uh, for catching people doing things right. Yeah, I've made a lot of money for Kim Blanchard over the years. He's never <laughs> even said thank you to me. That's so sad. So he hasn't caught me doing it right. But um, probably doesn't know where all this is coming from. But um, it is one of the foundational books. Um, and it's a super simple book. Like you said, you read it one evening, but you know, we work in a place that, that demands zero errors and anything after that is an audit exception. And so we track the exceptions and which are failures. And so we call people and ask them why they did things and why are they on this list and why are the initials not there? Or, you know, and, and again, I'm not for people that go I'm like, well, he just, expects us to ignore errors. I'm not saying that at all, but I'm saying what does work is negative and positive reinforcement in tandem, right? Back to your idea of your child. If your child's acting a, a fool, you got to say, hey, if, if you keep this up, you know, it's not going to end well for you, <laughs> right? And, uh, but when they do it, that's when you say, I want to tell you how much I appreciate you being so respectful in this public setting, you know, it it makes you look like you've been raised well. It, it, it's very respectful to me. I want to tell you how much I appreciate it. And then they're like, oh, okay. Well, people do what gets praised. And I learn if the rejection or the negativity is the only thing that exists. It's not like I'm getting killed. It's not like they're firing me. So I just, I get used to it. I get numb to it. And then what happens is I realize you guys are nitpickers. And that's the problem. You guys are never satisfied. So then it becomes your problem. And I, I just get immune to all your criticism. And uh, so catching people doing things right is so important. And again, I'm not saying that you don't redirect ineffective behavior, but if that's all you do, then you just put emphasis on negative behavior constantly. And so people don't know what you want them to do. They just know what you want them not to do. And, and it was a game changer for me and my family when I read it too, because, you know, just even when we talk to each other as spouses, you know, it's like, hey, I know you're probably going to forget. Don't forget to take. I mean, why? Because I've created a pattern of forgetting. So, Rather than learning, you know, it really makes me feel good when you remember to do so and so. And I tell you, I want to tell you how much that means to me. Then when I do it and then you say, thank you so much, I'm like, yeah, it's okay. I'm happy to help because I feel really, really good about myself as a spouse. Yeah. But when you're constantly, you know, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? Why do you always forget? Why I always have to remind you? Then you're like, I don't know. It works for me. You're my day planner. Keep going. So, yeah, I, I just think it's so important. But the best and brightest will leave if we do not catch them doing it right because somebody else will observe it 
and take them from you. Yeah, the, the, the number one driver of engagement is uh, the, their immediate supervisor recognizing their performance. So, you know, um, the second yeah, well, one B is money. That's so you, right. <laughs> you can't just recognize them and not pay them. But it is. It's one B. It is one B. Yeah. Uh, all right. So we have, uh, and honestly, these topics probably deserve a podcast of themselves. Uh, but for the sake of the the episode, we're going to move on to the third topic. And I'm going to give you two clues on this one. I gave you a little bit of a, a challenge here. So if you don't get it, that's on me. So clue number one, uh, it is a course in Service Star 3.0 computer-based training. Okay. So that gives me uh, like five or six to choose from. I'm so glad that you set that up. What are the, do you, what, just off the top of your memory, what are the five courses or six ch- courses in, okay. uh, in missional we, leadership? We've got missional leadership. We've got coaching for maximum performance. We've got uh, service excellence, becoming a sales champion, refer, uh, referral sales champions, and we have handling irate members. So there's a lot of topics in Service Star 3.0. What what's the point of Service Star 3.0? What is this computer-based training all about? Uh, is to develop your ability to identify member needs and recommend them, such that members want to members find you providing solutions rather than selling to them. Awesome. I set that up for you. I don't know if you saw that. So that was a T-ball set up for you. You did a great job. Okay. Thank you. Uh, so, I, so I'm good enough to be kind of a dancing bear in a circus. I do that's, follow that's, instructions. <laughs> that's right. And if you paid close attention, I just gave you the answer. Clue number two, uh, module five um, discusses changing behavior of this uh, diff- of this topic in Service Star 3.0. So module five discusses changing behavior in this topic in Service Star 3.0. Well, given the fact there's only one course that has five modules, I would say coaching for performance. <laughs> Man, oh. it's the second clue that always gets me there. That first clue, I, I'm not that great at. So you were so close. You forgot that missional leadership also comes with five modules. So that see, is, and I actually recorded them and narrated them. <laughs> That's how old I am, right? I can't even remember. So November twenty third, I wrote this uh, piece of paper that I'm showing on the on the video here. So for you radio people, I've got a piece of paper. It didn't even fit in the box. And I'm listening to uh, Mike's uh, computer-based training programs and just like my eyes are opening, my jaw's dropping. And I'm like, man, I wish I would have had this seven years ago. But the, the, the two minutes that I thought were gold um, was the last part of missional leadership. And I'm actually going to, I'm going to share my screen and play those two minutes with you. And then I'm going to circle back and talk to you about the theme that I took away from that and what I would apply, uh, seven years ago. So let me do awesome. a quick screen share here. we we'll a transforming. Yeah. Sharing sound and play. Missional leaders create an environment of catching people doing things right. This is so important. And remember, I'm not proposing that if people do it wrong, we simply ignore it. We have to create a balance where we're catching people doing it right and redirecting them if they're doing it poorly. Also, missional leaders don't facilitate institutional effort equity. Remember, natural effort equity and comparative effort equity are real things. What we can't do 
is succumb to both by having institutional effort equity because that's when it all starts to go down the drain. We can accept comparative effort equity and natural effort equity because we're going to coach and lead back to our mission and also emphasizing behaviors. And we're going to look at all critical skill sets as being important to be delivered upon. Not that one can be done so well that they don't have to do another. And then lastly, missional leaders facilitate coaching that will improve behaviors which improve outcomes. We've got to be able to have an effective coaching environment to go along with our effective management environment if we're going to create, maintain, and sustain an outstanding credit union culture where employees are engaged and then you have engaged members because you have a dominant member experience because your employees love your credit union and they encourage your members to love it as well. Thanks for joining me for Missional Leadership. So Mike, if you if you didn't catch that, the 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 third piece that I would take back is how it all ties together. I mean, this whole uh, this whole missional leadership uh, segment brought in these key aspects that we were talking about, right? So it talked about catching people doing things right. It talked about institutional equ- equity, but it took the topics that were in some some of our trainings kind of separated and isolated. And in the last two minutes, it did a really nice job of aligning why it's important to catch people doing things right and not facilitate institutional effort so that you can coach the behavior. Cause if you change the behavior, you change the outcome. And so the third concept that I would take back seven years uh, from right now is the focus on behaviors and how you change the behavior to change the outcome and, and how all of this kind of ties together. This, this was the brain aha moment where everything clicked for me. And I was like, yes, I got it. This is, this is, this is the program in a nutshell. Do you want to speak a little bit about that? Could you, could you hear the audio? Okay. Yeah, perfectly. And okay, great. Um, yeah, first of all, I got to catch somebody do it right. I got, I got to catch producer Rachel for uh, listening to uh, thousands of hours of me talking service our library 3.0 make me sound more intelligent than I actually am. Uh, but uh, also, you know, everything that we do is a system at ServiceStar. Everything is a system. And the idea is if, you, if you're going to create culture wrapped around members, then you're going to have to have outstanding employee engagement, outstanding employee behaviors, and so this requires leadership and coaching, not just straight up management. Uh, so this idea that tying everything together is really important. Uh, and I like the way you, you did that in your, in your box there, because um, that's what you're trying to get to. You're trying to, your members are never going to love your credit union until your employees love it first. And so I'm going to love it because my boss makes it a place to love because they commend me when I'm doing it well. They hold me accountable for the where I'm beneath standards and expectations, but they also do that for everybody in the same way. So it's fair. And then we have these high expectations for how we're going to interact with each other and our members and what our commitment is to our mission. And what does that do? Now you click in behaviors, 
consistency of behaviors, which creates culture, which defines brand, which then creates super high performance. So everything that we do on the micro level and the macro level are logical sequential flows. And of course we talk about them. And so when we're making a singular point, it sounds like this isolated thing like, oh, okay, well, that's really important to remember. But we do try to build one thing on top of the other so that it does become a system, even when you don't realize maybe that's what we're doing. So, because ultimately, that's, that's what you've got to be able to do. You, you've got to be able to focus on behaviors at the same level of intentionality and intensity that you do outcomes, because if not, for example, a senior management team can work themselves to death and produce good financials. And I see it happen over and over again. But what if a senior management team built uh, talent and commitment and engagement and great behaviors, then guess what? You wouldn't have to break your neck creating financial outcomes. Financial outcomes would be part of what everybody is participating in by generating income and pulling on the same end of the rope. But, and that, you know, Scott, here's what I'll say. I'm starting to talk more than I should be on this, but I get excited about it. This is the difference between being a manic organization and being an effective organization. They look the same from the outside because I don't see all the manic behaviors. I just see the numbers, but there's a difference in being, you know, a manic organization and an effective organization because an effective organization is sustainable. You go in that manic state, that will eventually crash and you just can't keep it up with people working that high level, uh, you know, with just no, uh, just on their own. I'm going to, I'm going to clean up the whole house by myself in an hour. I don't anybody else. Yeah, you may, but you know, you're going to be laying down collapse for about three hours afterwards. And, and be angry with the people that aren't changing in the household uh, and, and maybe objectifying them, which makes them angry at you. you That's know, an the, incredible point. That's a fantastic point. Yeah, the, 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 the work that goes into catching people doing things right and, and the work that goes into redirecting behavior as we don't facilitate institutional equity and then, and then coaching uh, people, it seems like a lot of work. But actually, in hindsight, when you think about credit card mania month and, and some of the things we have to strong arm to get the same results otherwise, there's more work when you're not paying attention to the system. And so to get results important, there's two different ways to get about it, go about it. What we teach at Service Star is a tough at first approach, but it's simple enough that once it's executed, it's going to lead to long-term growth and sustainable growth, not something that you have to keep on strong arming to clean the house in the entire day. Yeah, absolutely. And it, and it's also one of those things where sometimes people rather people rather kill it and eat it right now, then grow it and cultivate it so it replenishes. And, you know, I mean, you, can, you can drive sales by having visa mania and home equity insanity followed on top of uh, uh, checking craziness and everybody's wearing a sticker and a banner and a, you, you can do that, but that's the manic behavior. But it's, it's hungry, kill, eat, hunt, and you just repeat that. And, uh, but, you know, what if you could actually change behaviors, 
raise the level of commitment of everybody in the organization to, to be tied around the mission and the purpose of your organization so it's something they want to do rather than, hey, if you do this, we're going to have pizza day. You know, it's like, okay, I really don't want to do it. And I don't make a lot here, but I can't afford a slice of pizza. You know, so I think I'll be out. But this idea that if you if it's if these are behaviors that are happening every day, it's not that you don't ever have to have a promotion or don't ever you're like, oh, it's you know, you can't ever have a promotion. It's just the idea that you're doing it because you got something to remote rather than how do we drive loans? We gotta drive loans. Hungry it's- hunt, kill eat. It's a, and it's something that you can do every day versus once a month, right? So if you're out, if you're managing outcomes and not behaviors, and you're just looking at those monthly outputs and saying, "Oh, you're scratching your head." Like the last manager I was talking to, he's like, "Oh, I'm looking at these reports, looking at our numbers, and man, it's really discouraging." I was like, "Well, stop looking at reports. <laughs> Start looking at the behaviors that you can change today. The things that are in your control today. Look at that stuff. It's it, the numbers become way less overwhelming, especially in the beginning of the year. Uh, but you're right. Every people will." do anything for pizza. My daughter just had a paper drive at school. We went out, we got the biggest box of paper ever just so we can get some free pizza. I could have gotten a $5 pizza at Little Caesars, but uh, I guess it, I guess it works both ways. It's just yeah. what's more sustainable, what creates culture uh, and that kind of stuff. So if I could turn back time, I promise I'd never sing on the podcast, but wow, uh, if, if, that. I did. Yeah. So if I could turn back time, those are the three things that I would take with me seven years ago. And the good news is for everyone that's on this podcast, I'm going to put in the show notes my email address, scott at servicestarconsulting.com. Servicestar is S-E-R-V-I star consulting.com. You're going to get, as a result of sticking with us, I know last year was kind of crazy. We had a hiatus. You're going to get the 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 <laughs> missional leadership modules, all five of them, right? Uh, we're going to give you access to those for a month for free just because you're a listener to the podcast. So Scott at servicestarconsulting.com, you get a free version of all five modules of missional leadership so that you can go and, uh, and implement those without getting a DeLorean. Some fun facts coming up. We got, that's right. That's right. Uh, we got a uh, free webinar coming up February 25th for those of you who are listening live right now. Um, so to get a chance to get into that webinar um, in my email response back to you, you'll have a link to join us. It's going to be on virtual sales, a very exciting topic and uh, one that we've become very good at here at Service Star. So we're excited to share some best practices as uh, we all evolve uh, with the, the art of video selling. Yeah, so, very, Mark, very good. Mike, any parting words as we get out of the DeLorean and uh, put the flex, flex capacitator back to uh, February of 2021? I would say this. The thought that if I can get my employees to do something better, I will then create a better outcome. So rather than saying, why aren't you doing this or why are your numbers here? Ask them, what are you going to do differently to be effective in this area? And then when they commit to change the behavior, you're going to start to see better outcomes. So harping on the outcome that's already occurred won't create change tomorrow. It'll just create momentarily uh, momentary improvement because they're going to feel guilty or um, call it out of the carpet. But it won't create permanent change. When to create permanent change, what are you going to do differently, Scott? to be effective in this area. And that will create permanent change. 
Thanks, Mike. And thanks you to uh, subscribing and listening to the Credit Union Leadership Podcast. Catch us on the next episode of season three. And we'll talk to you then. All right. Take care, everybody. This has been an episode of the Credit Union Leadership Podcast. Check us out for the free webinar coming up. You can go to servicestarconsulting.com and shoot me an email at scott at servicestarconsulting.com to get your access to missional leadership, five modules in our computer-based training program. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time.